You're listening to English with Monty, the podcast about the English language. Today we're talking about films and series and how they can help you in English. Hello there and welcome to English with Monty. We're on episode 24 now and due to my huge audience in Brazil, I decided to get a lovely Brazilian on the show. It is Igor who I regularly do lessons with and we're going to be talking about films and series. Hi there Igor, how are you doing? Hello John, I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be in Monty English podcast. Cool, cool. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show because obviously we've spoken quite a few times about film and TV because it's something that you're very interested in, right? Yes, exactly. Well, I'm a screenwriting student and movie and series, it's really my thing. And I think it's a good tool to improve and learn a new language when you are able to watch a movie or a series in the language that you are trying to learn so i think it's a, a really good tool cool so that's something that you do is it yeah john absolutely i love films and series i'm studying to become a screenwriter movies and series really help me improve my language and my vocabulary and even my understanding of english i believe that this is a good tool for someone that is trying to improve a different language why do you think it's important? How does it help exactly? When you are trying to learn a new language in your own country, sometimes you don't have so many opportunities to listen to native speakers. In a movie, you are transported to this universe and you can understand better how the language works. You can learn different vocabulary. You can simulate in some aspects, real life situations when people are talking in English, for example. Mm -hmm. So this is a good thing. Because I'm studying screenwriting, usually I read scripts in English because we have a huge variety of scripts in English. It's easy to find on Google, for example. It's good for me not just to learn about structure and screenwriting techniques, but also helps me a lot improving my vocabulary. And sometimes if I watch a movie without subtitles and I can't get really well about the dialogue or the other things, if you check in the script, sometimes it helps. You can access the script online or something? I could, I, yeah, I if you Google it, the name of the movie, script and PDF, you can find a range of options in different websites. It's totally free. You just have to download it. Sometimes you find a version of the script that is not the final version of the shooting. Mm -hmm. So during the process of making a movie, there are different chains that the production demands. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you find a version that is not the final one, but it always helps. And if you are interested in movies, for example, it's good to see how like the story, evolves. how the story, in yes, exactly. How the story evolved. I'd never really thought about that, actually. I mean, I guess that's a really nice way of looking at, obviously, at the English aspect, isn't it? That you have something in front of you, but also as well, I guess, if you wanted to, you can read the script before you actually watch the movie. 
I suppose it's a bit of a spoiler, isn't it? But may ruin your enjoyment to some extent because you know the end of the film. But at the same time, from an English perspective, it's probably quite useful to do that. It's a different experience, obviously, because all the atmosphere that they build in a movie, you have with words. It really helps me with, especially with adjectives and verbs. It's a quite interesting experience when you see like the movie in the paper. And a few scripts are really similar to what you see in the movie. And there is like a really rich description about the scenes beside the dialogues. Because what is a script? It's a way to tell what people are going to see. When you are reading a script, you have to imagine the story. Because it is what the production team has to do. Imagine that story that screenwriting is trying to build with words. Definitely. So I guess that means that the scenes are described really well, right? You say here is a dark and moody scene where they're talking in a very serious way. They really focus on the adjectives and creating the atmosphere, right? Yeah, exactly. Because it's the first step. So you have to build this atmosphere and this universe with words. Mm -hmm. And this is the guidance for, for example, the art department team, for the sound team, and for the director. So it's a really interesting piece, especially if someone is interested in movies and series like me. Very much so. It's using your hobby, really, isn't it? Your passion alongside English, right? Exactly. And I think this is something really important when we are trying to learn a new language. If you try to connect your interests with a new language, I think it's a really good way to keep you motivated and learning different things. For example, if you have passions for cars or sport, you decide to read a book in a different language about it or I don't know, maybe a biography about a soccer player or someone that you admire and there is something written or maybe a documentary in another language about this person. It's a good way to keep you motivated and challenging yourself to go forward to develop your skills and your ability to talk and communicate in a different language. And I guess, obviously, if it's something that you're passionate about, then it gives you more vocabulary just from reading that thing right yes exactly and obviously you're going to be interested in it so you're more motivated to read it or watch it and then that helps encourage you and give you maybe a bit more enthusiasm for the language exactly well the thing is it's a a lonely experience <laughs> sure. this perspective you don't have so much opportunity to interact and especially talk but it's good because if you find another person that has the same interest, you can use all this knowledge that you learn in your lonely journey with someone. For example, I'm sharing my experience now with you. Of course, you, you are sharing it, which is great. And I think it's very useful for everybody. Also, possibly if you have another friend who's very interested in film or acting and things like that, maybe you could read the script together and try and play the roles in some way. I never thought about this like proper way to practice in my English. It's a good idea. I think so. It may seem a bit strange, but I mean, certainly if you're interested in acting or drama or bringing your writing to life, that can be a good way. Because also as well, I suppose if you're setting a scene and you're creating an environment, then also you can really think about how you say certain things. 
obviously if there's a situation where it's very tense then you can think about what voice you would use in that situation and how quickly you would pronounce things or what kind of rhythm you would use i think drama in general can be very useful and also yeah it's maybe bringing to life what you've written exactly there is this technique that they say when you are writing especially dialogues mm-hmm. you have to read it out loud because there is a clearly difference between the way that we speak and the way that we write mm-hmm. so to build more natural dialogues you have to speak out loud as a foreigner it's like a kind of experience that i experience in daily basis for example if i'm going to the doctor i'm always practicing my dialogue with myself you know sure. <laughs> just to express me better for example i practice mentally about our conversation right now <laughs> of course but i mean i think that's quite important isn't it to have an in- internal dialogue then yeah you're preparing yourself right because i think preparation is key in these circumstances isn't it and the fact that you've done that is helping you now i imagine it's helping you find your words it's helping you discuss things in a clear way exactly and especially when for example in the beginning when i moved to london i felt like a little bit insecure about if i am expressing myself in a way that people understands me well mm-hmm. so i was always trying to rehearse all my dialogues you know, in different situations in some aspects it's a way to practice my english and also my screenwriter skills <laughs> definitely i mean it's a good combination i think because that's interesting as well because obviously we didn't really talk about that but i teach you in london don't i and i guess for the last year or so we've done things online but we were obviously meeting face to face Is it fair to say that most Brazilians would usually learn an American English rather than a British English? Yeah, it's true. I don't know why all the schools in Brazil, all the teachers, they learn the American English. Mm-hmm. There is this thing in Brazil in particular we learn much more American English than the British English. For example, words like queue for me was something new. because i originally i learned as line lift i learned as elevator mm-hmm. and in daily basis there are those words that seems new for me because i learned the american version of it mm. did that cause you any problems when you first arrived in london not really but funny situations once someone at work someone asked me where was the loo and i never heard that here in the uk you call bathroom toilet as mm-hmm. lu mm-hmm. and lu is like a really similar name a person name in latin language and mm-hmm. i replied saying who is lu because you know <laughs> i was thinking about a person not a place i remember the situation we have a few not awkward but funny moment like that yeah but, but now I... i think my english is more british than american <laughs> oh, okay that's curious though does that mean that when you watch series or films do you consciously choose the kind of english that you want to listen to or does it make no difference well it doesn't make no difference because to be honest i think we have a lot of co-productions between british filmmakers and american filmmakers obviously you have sometimes the accent but i believe that it doesn't make much difference for you you are quite happy with an american accent but you're also quite happy with a british accent 
in the beginning, it was hard to get the British accent. And we heard a lot about people saying, oh, my God, this difference. But I think it's because Hollywood, it's all over the world. We get used to the American accent. And then when we watch British movie or TV show, there is this feeling that, oh, this sounds weird. And sometimes I can't understand properly. It's something that you have to train your ears. With time, you can get over it, the accent. Because one of the things that I find from students is they often say to me, I find the American accent easier. Usually, I guess it's because of the exposure, because of films and TV. And also, I would argue it's because the American accent is often quite uniform in a way as in you don't change the tone and the pitch maybe as much as you do in British English. Do you think that that's the case, that perhaps American English is a little bit easier for a lot of people? Yeah, I totally agree. But I think most part of the British production, they don't have those North accent or the variation of accents that usually we see in British television. Mm. To be honest, I don't think that the British accent is a barrier to what British films or British television. The British TV has produced lots of good things in the past few years. So I think people will get more used to the accent. And to be honest, I think it's quite good to listen to it. It's nice. Now I really appreciate the British accent. I think it's like much more beautiful than the American one. Ah, that's nice to hear. So you can come back on my show now. (laughs) (laughs) No, but that is interesting to hear. I suppose in some ways you've been immersed in that more. And so that maybe makes you appreciate it a bit more, perhaps. Yes, it's true. I think the British accent became really popular with the Harry Potter movies. Everybody tried to do the same accent because it was a blockbuster and the whole world was watching it. But I I think in some aspects, it's a stereotype of the accent. Because as I told you, I think when we are talking about the British accent, I think especially those movies that are trying to achieve a huge audience and have this huge influence of Hollywood, you do the Harry Potter accent version. (laughs) I think it's not the majority of the British accent sounds like the Harry Potter characters, for example, or Harry well, Potter. I guess it's probably a bit more neutral, isn't it? As an accent, it sounds more proper in the sense that we say receive pronunciation, RP English. So I guess it's just a very clear version of English, which would obviously appeal to a wider audience i would imagine i mean i'm not entirely sure but i would imagine that they probably try and do that with most films nowadays just so that the audience can perhaps follow it a lot easier and a lot better and it's better for an international audience i imagine yeah i totally agree and i think when i said in the beginning that i didn't see so much difference between the American English and the British English on movies or telly. I think it's because it's this version that is not maybe the natural accent. They try to make a balance. Yeah, so they exaggerate it to some extent, don't they? I mean, I guess every day, your experience of everyday English is probably very different. Yeah, yeah, totally different. And now it's quite interesting because I'm trying to figure out the accents when I listen, especially when I'm watching a daily tally, like the news, and I say, oh, this I think is the Scottish accent. Oh, I think this is the accent of the north of the island. I'm challenging at the moment to try to 
realize and discover different accents. And I think this is possible just because of telly, because with the news, especially you have contests or if you are watching a series that the story is in a particular region of the country, you can say, oh, this is the way they sound in that area. So it has been an interesting experience to try to explore these different accents here. And I guess it's something that comes with time as well, right? In the sense that at the beginning, you were probably obviously just focused on the idea of understanding people in general. And now you've lived here for quite some time now. I guess you are maybe looking for different accents or trying to get used to different accents or maybe just interested in how people sound. Yeah, totally. I think it's part of the experience of being living for almost four years here. I think as if I'm in a new stage of my learning English development. Mm -hmm. it's, it's quite rewarding that you're going through that process, I guess. Yeah, totally. I, I can challenge myself more through the accents now and then. Okay. In the beginning, it was like really worried about just understand what people were saying. And now I say, hmm, it's the same word, but they pronounce in a different way. And I was able to understand when this kind of situation happens, it's really reward for me. Because I think learning a language is something alive. You never finish the process because you always have a different accent or a different expression or something that is new. This is the most interesting thing about learning a new language. I mean, I think language is a lifetime project, isn't it, really? And you can always learn, unless you've obviously learned it when you were very young and you're bilingual in some way. I think language is always, there's always something there, but that is a wonderful journey in a way, isn't it? I don't think people should see that in a negative light. It should be, okay, yeah, great. There's more things to do, but in a nice way, as in you can help yourself describe things better or maybe help yourself read things better that are more descriptive and that can be enriching and very satisfying. Yes, absolutely. And nowadays, for example, with all the streaming platforms, it's an easy way to have access to content in different language. There are lots of options on platforms like Netflix or Disney Plus that is like uh, content that is in English, but we also have in Korean and Chinese. So if you're trying to learn a language today, I think it's really easy to have access to all this content in different languages that will help you to improve your vocabulary or learn different verbs and this kind of stuff. And I really think that when we are watching a simulation of a real life on a movie or on a series, helps you to understand the context of the language, the way they talk and when they use certain expressions, make clear to the person that is trying to learn that language. And I think this is a really good resource that we have nowadays, those streaming platforms. At Monty, we offer English classes online, so you can join wherever you are. We offer individual lessons or English exam preparation. For first-timers in a group class, it's only £2. Visit our website at montyenglish.co.uk to buy this ticket or book any other package now. Definitely, and 
Would you say, we've spoken about this before, haven't we, when we've done lessons, but would you say at the moment, I guess we're living in quite exciting times, right? With streaming and Netflix, Amazon Prime and all these things. I guess there's many potential opportunities for people like yourself interested in the film and TV industry. Yeah, it's one of the most exciting moments, especially for TV productions. Obviously, there are like different discussions, for example, Netflix and Disney Plus will kill the cinema theaters. People will just watch films at home and not at the cinemas anymore. I, I think in terms of quality and the level of the stories, it has been a really good moment for creative producers. We can tell stories that we couldn't a few years ago. And these platforms, they allow a creator achieve a different audience. So maybe if you write a movie or you produce a movie that was focused on a specific public, they were like a small target. With those platforms, you can achieve them. You don't need all the support that the blockbusters movies needs because they are made to achieve a large audience. So we can see Stories from different points of view, I think one of the reasons is because of those platforms. They are a good way to have a story for all kinds of people. I mean, I guess there's more variety, isn't there? There's more opportunity. It's easier for people to access it. It's an interesting thing that you said about cinema. I mean, personally, I think that cinema will still continue and still be popular because it's about the experience, I think, to some extent. I mean, and maybe... It will evolve a little bit in terms of making it a bit more of an experience where you're able to get beer or, or some wine, make it more of an occasion maybe. But I can't see it really. I mean, maybe it will just change rather than decline necessarily. And obviously, we're in quite a bizarre situation, aren't we, with COVID? So hopefully things will recover as the world gets back to normal. One thing as well that I remember you mentioning was about going to the cinema and watching films designed for deaf people. Is that right? Yeah, when I arrived here in London, I bought an animal pass to the cinema because as I told you, it's a passion. I, I really enjoy go to the cinema. I agree with you. I don't think that this is going to be like something that in the future, it won't exist. I think it's, a range of experience going to a cinema. My beginning in London, I went to the cinema really often and I discovered that there was a deaf section. All the movies has subtitles in English because obviously the audience that they were expecting to see that movies was people that uh, wasn't able to listen, the dialogues and the sounds. So it was really helped me to follow the story and have the whole cinema experience here in London. Because back in home, we always have subtitles in Portuguese, my mother language. But here, I just have to totally be immersed on the movie without the subtitles help. At home, it's easier. You can just switch on the subtitles. But in the cinema, it's completely different. And when I found this special section, it was really good for me. And I noticed that I wasn't the only foreigner over there. I think other people that, well... London is a global city. So I noticed there were more foreigners with me at those sessions. And you were saying that normally they're during the day rather than in the evening? Yeah, it was like in a really unusual time schedule. It was around noon, one o'clock, usually a time when people, they're not free to go to the movies. 
but was interesting because even being at that time, there were like a lot of people doing those sections. But I suppose if you're working on shifts and things like that, then working in a bar, restaurant, in a supermarket like yourself, then I guess you have shifts, right? So you can probably go at a time during the day quite often. Absolutely. But comparing my experience with other sections in those unusual times, I think those sections used to have more public than the other ones in unconventional times. The subtitles was something that attracts more people. I think that's a great tip for people, isn't it? To go to screenings like that, then I think with subtitles, as you say, it's great for foreigners, isn't it? It's great for English learners. Yeah, and especially at your home, if you are watching a movie or a series that you like, try to keep the subtitles in the original language that movie is spoken because this challenge yourself and put yourself out of your comfort zone it's better to try to follow the story in their original language than try to use the subtitles to help you even if you don't understand at first you can rewatch and i think it's going to really help someone that is trying to improve the english especially if you take a sitcoms that are 25 30 minutes of duration you can like rewatch more than once really easily subtitles in the original language is really helpful and i think with sitcoms or series in a way they can be a lot easier can't they for somebody who's learning a language because obviously you have the same characters who are repeating each episode it's easy for you to get used to how they speak and the way they speak but also as well the storyline is similar right in that case you're not following a new storyline because i guess in a film you know you're getting used to the characters you're getting used to the storyline and then once you've got used to it it's over <laughs> yeah absolutely because in a film it's different because first of all you have to understand that universe and then you have to know those characters and then you have to understand what is happening with those people's what they want and what they're trying to do and in a sitcom for example it's much easier because we always know the universe and we already know those characters so we can just explore this story and the dialogue because i guess in that case you're more focused on what's happening rather than the actual characters because you kind of know the characters don't you so, yeah exactly so that makes it a bit easier but who wants to challenge themselves with movies? One kind of movies that I really think it's really helpful to learn a language is animations. Mm -hmm. And nowadays, animation is not for kids anymore. Pixar and uh, Disney animations, they are quite good because they talk in a good speech. The pronunciation is really clear. And also there's this amazing storytelling and it's they are like really beautiful as well. If you want to start with movies after trying to watch sitcoms and short series i think it's a good way to try to involve films and learning a new language i'd never really thought about that but yeah you're right and also yes as you say animation is definitely more universal isn't it it's for everybody really it's not just for children there was this movie coco it's about a mexican guy and he went to the death world is based in the Mexican celebration of death. And I watched this movie here in London in the cinema. And when the movie finished, I was like really happy because 
I was able to understand from the beginning until the end. So it was like really rewarding for me. I think this is a kind of movie that is really interesting to try to practice your language, your English. I mean, I think that'd be a good recommendation for anybody by the sounds of it. This is my, my suggestion, but I'm sure that there are plenty of other options. Yeah, sure. Do you think, do you agree with me that series and movies, they are a good tool when you are trying to learn a new language? And I want to know why. Yeah, I think they are good tools. And the reason, I guess, why they're good tools is, as you say, I mean, it's about passion or interest to a certain extent. So if it's something that you're really interested in and that you find fun and the storyline is entertaining for you, then that's great. I think that's why films and series are good because it's about making the language fun. It's not about creating something that's difficult, like studying in a book. It's not scholastic. It's not like an education. And I think also as well, when you're watching films or series, you should probably just watch them in a very casual way. So don't worry if you can't understand everything. I don't think that's too much of a problem. And also try and watch them naturally. As you said, with subtitles, I mean, I think the idea of subtitles is quite difficult at first because it's almost an extra skill watching and, and reading at the same time, which can be a little bit annoying, of course. But I think you maybe get a bit more used to the idea of reading it and trying to focus on what the characters are doing. Try and give yourself a bit of a balance where you concentrate on both in some way. It can be quite tough to begin with. You do certainly get used to it. And I think you don't always have to look at the subtitles, right? You can just try and watch it normally. And then occasionally, if you see a word you don't know, you can glance down because you've got this visual and obviously you're listening as well. A visual element and listening at the same time really helps, I think, to remember things. I would say that's one of the really nice things about it and how it does help you with learning is it helps you really remember stuff in theory, especially if you're repeating things. If you're in a series, then often they're repeating certain subjects and certain words because of the content. Again, that can really help because if it's repeating, 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 it's going to stick in your mind and you're going to remember those things. Couldn't agree more. A really good way to improve their English. I remember one movie that I was in the cinema and there was like this word that was a keyword for the understanding of the plot. I knew that was a word that I already know, but I couldn't remember at the moment. And I spent the whole movie repeating the word because the first thing I did when I left the movie was check what was the word and was cursed. And ah, okay. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> was it Harry Potter? Was, wasn't Harry Potter. But, <laughs> but, and this is one example. I think there are different other situations where you can learn in and not forget a word or an expression. And it's a really fun way to do it. That's the key, as you say, fun. It's a fun way of doing things and language should be fun, in my opinion. Absolutely. Is it true that English speakers, they are not used to subtitles? Because in general, most of the movies, they are in their original language. This is an interesting one because certainly in the UK, I can't really speak for the US, but it's probably similar. If we had, for example, a, a Brazilian film, we would always have subtitles in English. You wouldn't dub it so you wouldn't have actors speaking over the actors you would always have the subtitles people are quite used to that idea if they watch foreign films and if they 
do watch foreign films quite a lot, then they're used to doing it. I think we talked in quite a lot of detail about the film Parasite, which is a Korean movie, isn't it? Yes. Uh, you saw it in the UK as I did, and it had subtitles, right? The only way you could watch that movie in the cinema was with subtitles. Don't worry, they are trying to make an American version of the movie, so <laughs> maybe you can watch <laughs> for and without subtitles. I think genuinely you lose a lot. I guess the Americans have this habit of remaking things, don't they? It's like The Office, for example, was originally a British series, and they had to adapt it for an American market, which I can understand. Something like Parasite, one of the reasons why it's such a great movie is because it's about the culture and their society in South Korea and how things are. Not having it in the original language, I think it would have lost a lot of what it was about and it wouldn't have made it such a good movie. I think it is such a good movie for that yeah. reason. It's not just about the language, is it? It's just the contest. What makes the movie a great movie is because the plot, it reflects a specific point of the Korean culture. Yeah. And I think when you reboot in a different country, you can lose part of the meaning. And I think stories are really universal. You can watch Parasite and you relate with your reality. For example, I'm a Brazilian living in the UK and I can relate that reality with Brazil and also here in London, that is a rich country. So I think this is the most powerful thing about stories. You can watch local and this can reflect with your own story, no matter where you are. Definitely. And I think that would be a key for anybody who's watching films that are dubbed, that are not an original language. I think you're probably better, in my opinion, watching it in the original language and watching subtitles. And yes, that is quite annoying sometimes, but honestly, I think you get much more from the movie by doing that. Exactly. You have to pay more attention to follow this story. Yeah, you have to pay more attention, but also you get the subtleties, you can understand better the culture or the place that it's from. Sometimes things just don't translate either. You lose meaning that way as well. Totally agree. Just one last question. Obviously, you're a Brazilian living in London. For all Brazilian listeners out there, how is it living in London? And would you recommend that they move here even for a short period to learn English or for a longer period of time. What would you say about that? I'm totally in love of London. It's a great city. It's beautiful. The thing that I like most is this cosmopolitan atmosphere. It's a global city. I was really impressed in the beginning that I was able to identify on the streets different languages and people from different parts of the world. This is something that really attracts me here in London. The cultural life, museums, galleries. I love musicals. So we have West End with a variety of musicals that you can watch. The landscape and the architecture of the city. I consider London a very beautiful city. I think those are the most exciting things that I can say about London. London is a really open-minded city. I always feel welcome here and London has a special spot in my heart <laughs> side by side with Sao Paulo that is sure but I think that's a very nice thing for you to say to the listeners in the sense that you obviously love being here so that's great when I moved here I didn't have much expectation I think this was a good thing 
I thought I would feel like miserable and homesick looking through the window, the fog and the rain, <laughs> but it was the completely opposite. London is a really vibrant and interesting city. And I guess don't be afraid with the weather. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's not so bad, right? I mean, it's a bit of a stereotype, the fog and the rain. It's more something that when you watch films, they often make it rain because that's the stereotype, right? But it doesn't really rain that much in London in general, does it? No, not at all. I was really surprised that the weather wasn't this issue that I was expecting before. And the fog, it's often from Victorian times, Sherlock Holmes and things like that. I mean, I think in the past, London, I don't know if you know this, has the nickname The Smoke because it used to be foggy and very smoky. And that was really because of people having fireplaces and because of industry and stuff like that. And so since about the 1960s, that hasn't really been a thing anymore. And I guess that also makes it a lot less foggy. I mean, we probably have fog maybe once or twice a year at the most. It's very unusual, actually, to have fog in London nowadays. In four years, I remember only two times that I had this fog experience <laughs> around the city. It seems that it's not that usual as the stereotype shows. It's something from the past, really. Well, maybe final, final question. Are you quite optimistic of progressing in your field to be a screenwriter with film? You think there's good opportunities in the UK for you? As a screenwriter, I think quite challenging the language barrier. It's not impossible, mm -hmm. but I think I have a lot to learn with British filmmakers and try to replicate in my own language. London is this place where the film production is really intense. In the past three years, there were released big studios. The things tend to intensify in the next years. I'm really exciting at the moment. I'm trying to figure out what the opportunities I will have in this field. But definitely, I think London is the new Hollywood because there are plenty of investments and huge moves has been made here in the past few years. Blockbusters like Star Wars, Aladdin, all these live actions from Disney, they were shooting here in London and the city has given tax benefits for filmmakers shoot here in the city. And there's also this amazing infrastructure. Yeah, I think I'm optimistic. Let's see what the future reserves for me. Definitely. I mean, I think there's going to be plenty of opportunities. As you say, I guess with screenwriting or script writing, there is obviously the language element, but that doesn't mean that there's not going to be plenty of other opportunities. And I guess you could also balance that with writing things in Portuguese as well for the Brazilian market. You could perhaps still pursue a career in film here. Maybe not completely exactly what you want, but over time, maybe you'll get there. Yeah, it's true. I have great faith in you. I think you're going to be famous one day. <laughs> okay, if, when I won my Oscar, you can invite me to come back to the podcast, please, to talk I, about this experience. Definitely. And I'm going to tell everybody that I know you, that I help make you famous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> especially with my Brazilian audience. Exactly. I really believe in you. It's definitely going to happen. <laughs> Thank you so much, John. <laughs> you're welcome. And honestly, it's been great speaking to you, Igor. I think that's given people a nice insight into what it's like with film and series and obviously your experience in London, which has really been nice, I think, for listeners to listen to. So hopefully I encourage people to visit or live here either a short or a long period of time. Thanks very much for coming on the show. Thank you. It was my pleasure. And for everybody that is trying to 
improve and progress in the English. Keep going. It's also fun. Definitely. I think that's a good note to finish on. Take care, listeners. And you've been listening to English with Monty. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave me a donation online via our website. Monty is a small independent company and I do all the editing myself. I would suggest £2.50 to buy me a coffee or £5 for a beer. montyenglish.co.uk Then just click on the podcast button at the top. You can donate here. Thank you. I appreciate it.